Hey, good morning, Harvest Muskoka. My name is Pastor Matt. Obviously, today, church is looking a little bit different today than it typically does, and that's all right. One of our desires as elders, as pastors, as the church, one of our desires is to be able to love our neighbors well. And so for this Sunday, we believe one of the most strategic ways to love our neighbor well is to be able to have an at-home worship service. So just know that uh, not only is my affection with you today, my thoughts and my prayers are with you today, and I want you to know that the Lord is as much glorified as we worship in our homes as he is when we come together on a Sunday morning. In fact, if the Lord is only glorified in a building, our view of worship is way too small. So I'm excited to join with you in a little bit of an unconventional Sunday morning. Um, And so before I jump in, um, I just want you to know that, you know, whether church was canceled or not, we were going to record this sermon uh, because wherever you land on the spectrum with everything that's going on with COVID-19, if you've been following my personal life story at all this year, you would know my autoimmune system on the good day is trying to kill me. In fact, my immune system is so sensitive that it is more sensitive than a millennial's feelings. So after consulting some doctors and some pastoral wisdom, me and my family are worshiping at home with you here today. So if you have been tracking with us as a church, we are going through the book of Exodus. And today we are going to be in Exodus chapters 11 and 12. Now, there are two chapters that are actually quite large, so we're just going to be camping in a key couple of verses here today. But before we jump into the text, I'd love to stop. Church, will you pray with me? Father God, we stop and we pause. Lord, we are coming before a holy, sovereign, powerful, good God right now in our prayer. And Lord, what we need here today as we worship in our homes, what our culture needs today as it feels as though it's in crisis, what we need is to hear from and experience the God of all power. So Holy Spirit, as we look to your word, as we look to your commands, I pray would we find a peace in a time of being greatly unsettled. Lord, as we look to your word here today, would we find a joy in your world, in your word, where a world is simply just questioning. So Lord, prepare our hearts for the message to come, we pray in Christ's name, amen. So over our series, we've been going over the book of Exodus. We've seen Moses' calling. We've seen the Lord prepare Moses. We've been seeing Moses going back to Israel. We've seen the various plagues. And today is the plague of the death of the firstborn. I, I kind of, you could almost view the text that we're going through today as, oh, we specially assigned it for everything that was going on right now with all the pandemic and all, all, all the worry that was going on. But rather, we were assigned this text weeks ago before everything in the culture had shifted with COVID-19. And so I believe the Lord specifically has us in a text where people panic so that we could see how God enters difficult situations in a way that gives life. 
Our text is no mere coincidence here today. So we're going to be spending most of our time in Exodus chapter 12, but I want to lay the foundation because Exodus is, uh, chapter 11 is very important. Exodus chapter 11, it's a small chapter, but uh, there's, a, there's a warning that the heavy hand of the Lord is about to take place. In chapter 11, there's a warning for Pharaoh and there's a commandment to Moses and Israel to help prepare and equip themselves for what the Lord is about to do. Understand that in chapter 11, God is challenging Pharaoh. Now understand, it's easy just to think, oh, Pharaoh, a a guy who leads a, a, a nation, a guy who... You got to understand, Pharaoh at this time is the shock collar of the world. And the Lord is about to directly challenge him and his household. God is, has been saying, leading up to chapter 11, he, he's been saying, You've had nine chances to heed to my sovereignty, Pharaoh. You have seen a display of my power nine times. And this time, My display is going to bring you to your knees. In chapter 11, God God isn't just merely talking. He's giving Israel detailed instruction on how to prepare. You see in verse 2, he's telling the Israelites, go to your neighbor. Do not borrow, but ask for gold and jewelry because you're going to need resources for the things that I am about to unfold before you. You see in chapter 11, verse 4, he instructs Pharaoh, prepare at midnight. Because at midnight, the hand of the Lord is coming for the firstborn males of both the palace and the inmate's cell, including livestock. In chapter 11, the Lord isn't just moving sporadically. God is giving full disclosure of what he is about to do in front of the Egyptians and the Israelites. And God has given this instructions to Israel um, of what to do because it's going to feel like a night of crisis at times. The Lord is in complete control, but man is about to be completely thrown off. And just as God has given instruction for the Israelites For a moment of what might feel like a crisis, church, God has given us instruction today for godly living as we worship at home on this Sunday, and equally, he's given us instruction on how to engage a culture and a world that feels as though it's in crisis. Do you know where that instruction comes from? It's from his word. And you know what's ironic? The word is almost optional today in Christianity. The word is just a cute suggestion. And yet in a moment of crisis with what's going on in Egypt and Israel, here today our culture has been uniquely thrown off. My question is this, if God has given us instruction on godly living and what to do when our world freaks out and it's found in his word, are you prepared and equipped? God hasn't given us blind instruction, church. He's given us orders on how to engage culture in this situation, and it's found in his word. We as a church, just like Israel back then, 
We need to hear from God, and the number way that we hear from him is through his word. Church, are you equipped and prepared through the word to know what to do in this season where our culture and our world is freaking out? You see, God gives his people clear direction in his plans. We cannot, just like the Israelites today, we cannot take God's commands as though it's some cute Christian buffet. I'm going to take a bit of this, but I'm going to leave that because I don't really like that. God has given perfect instruction in every season for his children to know how to walk out godliness. Just like the Israelites needed to follow God's instruction to the T, we here today need to be following that same instruction to the T. And so God lays out his disclosure in chapter 11. And now we start to transition to chapter 12. And the sermon title here today is called A Heavy Hand and a Holy Covering. And now chapter 12 hits, where 11 was disclosure of what God is about to do. Chapter 12 is God doing it. Here is where we see the heavy hand of the Lord and the holy covering he supplies. So in chapter 12, verses 1 through 28, God is giving his people detailed instructions on how to prepare for the plague that is coming. God is giving detailed instruction of what obedience that is pleasing to him looks like. Not what obedience pleasing to the Israelites look like. God is showing what obedience that is pleasing to him looks like. He is instructing and teaching and showing Israel how to prepare the lamb and their home for what God is going to do. And so we're going to be in verses chapter 12, verses 29 through 32. Go there with me now. Again, that, that's going to be Exodus 29 th- through verses 32. Read there with me right now. At, at midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. From the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on his throne, to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon and the firstborn of all of the livestock. And Pharaoh rose up that night, he and all his servants and the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where someone was not dead. Then he, meaning Pharaoh, summoned Moses and Aaron by night and said, go up and out from among my people, both you and the people of Israel, and go, serve the Lord as you have said. Take your flocks and your herds as you have said, and be gone, and bless me also. Let's look specifically at verses 29 through 30. At midnight, the Lord struck down the firstborn of all of Israel, I'm sorry, of all of the land in Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn captive who was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of the livestock. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all of his servants and all of the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt for there was not a house where someone who had not died. 
Look at these verses. God is displaying he shows no favoritism with people. God holds into account equally Pharaoh and the inmate. God is showing here each man will give an account for his life and each man will give an account for his household. You saw here that disobedience to God's commandments gave an insufficient account and they were righteously met with the heavy hand of the Lord. But on that same night, a household of obedience gave an account and they were met with a holy covering. Same midnight, two different narrations. Same narrate, you see a one of joy. The same night you see a narrate of mourning. What was the difference between a house of joy and what was the difference between a house of mourning that night? You know what it was? The blood. What, what made the blood sufficient? What is so sufficient about a lamb's blood? Honestly, you ready? A lamb is just an animal. There's nothing in the genetic structure of a lamb that withholds the wrath of the Lord. But rather, the blood over that household, the preparation of that lamb, and the application of that lamb was a symbol of that home's submission to God and obedience to God. Understand something. That midnight, the night where the Lord sent the plague of the death of the firstborn, come that morning, Nobody debated who the Lord was. There was no discussion of who God was. We see in these verses, there was a, there was a great cry. There was, there was a great cry that could be heard throughout Egypt. It was a mourning that was experienced because of disobedience. It's a mourning that is a foreshadow of what's to come when we are disobedient to God in our moment of judgment. It's a mourning of loss and of separation. Now, church, look with me now to verses 31 through 32. Then he summoned, he, Pharaoh, summoned Moses and Aaron by night and said, go up from among my people, both you and the people of Israel, and go serve the Lord as you have said. Take your flocks and your herds as you have said and be gone and bless me also. Look at Pharaoh's address of how he reacts to the heavy hand of the Lord. We just saw Pharaoh address Israel. He's now given Israel his first commandment as Pharaoh from defeat. Every other interaction from Pharaoh, every other commandment from Pharaoh has come from his power, his poise, his political position. And here is his first address 
as a defeated Pharaoh experiencing the heavy hand of the Lord. Look at this. He's even saying that just for Israel, just just go, just get out of here and tell your God to bless me also. In fact, I think in this moment right here, right now, Pharaoh's looking for a mercy when it's too late. Pharaoh's moment, Pharaoh's window of obedience is closed. In fact, in Egyptian culture, Pharaoh is God. And on that day, Pharaoh knew he was not a God. We see a humbled man in great power and position and the Lord has just put his lordship over him. And now we see the strongest man in the mightiest of nation address God's people from a position of defeat. Isn't this fascinating? Pharaoh's been nothing but bold and confident and defiant against the Lord. And even now he is submitting to the Lord's plan because he's experienced the heavy hand of the Lord. It's interesting, on that midnight, when the Lord moved and he checked every house, isn't it interesting that the same work of the Lord that midnight led a captive to freedom and the powerful to defeat? One more time. Isn't it fascinating that the same work of the Lord that midnight led the slaves to freedom and the powerful to defeat? Because one experienced a mighty hand that was against them and the other experienced a holy covering that surrounded them. That same of that same work of the Lord left the disobedient feeling the heaviness of God's lordship. And that same work on that night left the obedient feeling a holy covering that protected them. What's the difference between the two? It's the blood. Pharaoh covered his home with his power and it was found lacking. And yet on the same night, the lowly slave with no rights covered his house with the blood of obedience and it was sufficient. It was good. It was enough. And it was freeing. Now, I'm not here to tell you, go take a lamb and kill it and cover it around your door here today. In fact, my, my, my narration is totally different. Exodus is showing us something. Exodus is, is, is showing us a foreshadow. And, but ha- has come to fruition here today for you watching this here and now. Today, we've been giving a different blood. It's not the blood of a, of a literal lamb, but rather blood of a, of a new type of lamb 
that the New Testament would call the, the Lamb of God. By the way, this Lamb, it has a name, and his name is Jesus Christ. And, and the book of Colossians, the book of Hebrews shows that this blood of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, that, that it was the full payment of God's wrath at the cross, that it was a sufficient payment so that we could be covered by the blood of Christ, covered by his perfection, and covered by his goodness, so that in the moment when we see the Lord, just like the Israelites covered with the blood of a lamb and the Lord passed by on his judgment, that we would be covered with the righteousness of Jesus Christ and that our rightful judgment would, would be passed off of us because of the accomplished work of, of Jesus Christ. And this is, this is what's so damaging about church culture here today. We're trying to diminish the narrative of the need of blood. So many churches here today are trying to say that, you know what, Christ is a good idea. He's a good teacher. That, that, that he's, a, he's a good guy. And they're diminishing the fact that on the, night, on the midnight that the, that the Israelites saw the plague of death, the only thing that spared them from death was the blood. I'm here to tell you here today, the only thing that spares us from, from a just, rightful condemnation isn't a good life. It isn't being a good parent. It isn't being a good, productive member of society. The only defining characteristic that takes us from a place of condemnation to a place of life, the only characteristic that takes us from experiencing the heavy hand of the Lord and righteous condemnation to a holy covering and a new life, the only characteristic that takes us from camp A to camp B is the blood of Jesus Christ. And on the Egyptians, on the Israelites' midnight, what mattered most wasn't their possessions. It wasn't their position in society. It was what their faith was in. Church, look at me. Our world, our culture, and our personal lives will all come to a midnight moment. And that midnight moment, the only thing that matters is what our faith and obedience are in. Let's face it. Right now, our culture is facing a crisis. You know how I would kind of biblically categorize it? Our false covering that we find comfort in has blown up. Just the veil of our fragility has been made known. So much of daily living, we just, we comfort ourselves with cruise control and with our comforts and with our false security. And right now, 
the Lord in his grace is even using everything that's going on to show you, to show me how fragile we truly are. It really does show us when, when we're stockpiling toilet paper, when we're stockpiling hand sanitizer, when we're fighting in the middle of supermarkets, it's really showing us purely. It's showing us concretely what we're finding our faith and obedience in. And that's why we're feeling so scattered and scared right now. But you know what I love? I love that in these extraordinary times, in extraordinary events, the church is an extraordinary vessel to display an extraordinary God to a world that needs it. And so, just like the Israelites come to this conclusion, do we have faith that leads to obedience? I'm asking you here today, do you, do you have faith that leads to obedience? It wasn't enough to just know they needed a lamb that night. They needed to take the lamb and apply it to their house. I'm here to ask you today, not your literal household, but over your life, what do you cover over your life? And is it sufficient or insufficient in these times? Do you try to cover the threshold of your life with your finances, with your marriage, with your homes, with your retirement plans, with your, with your identity and what other people think of you? Right now, here's a really relevant one. Are you trying to cover the threshold of your life with your comfort and your protection? Because a lot of people are, and it's coming up insufficient. Or... Are you covering the threshold of your life with the perfect son of God who lived a perfect life and took our place on the cross and paid our price for our sins so that we could walk in a newness of life? So you're one of two people right now. You're covered or you're not. Our culture has a lot of variety. Our culture has a, a lot of differences, but just like that midnight, you were either covered or you weren't. Here today, you're either covered by the blood of Jesus Christ or you're not. If you're not and you don't know Christ, I'm here to tell you that there is a blood that has been spilled on your behalf and he offers you a life better than anything you could live here on your own. And maybe you're questioning, who this God is. Maybe you're questioning, okay, what, what does this blood look like? How do I, how do I walk in this, in this life? How do I cover my life with, with the righteousness of Christ? I'm here to tell you, you could reach out to our office this week. You could email us. You can call us. We would love to have a conversation with you. But it's equally met in, in prayer and a surrendering to God and a surrendering to obedience. And church, I'm engaging with you right here, right now. If you are covered by the blood of Christ, we get to engage culture in a unique way where our church gets to be a bright light in a panicking world right now, where everybody's false foundation just got blown up. Our sure and strong foundation in God's sovereignty and in God's goodness and in God's closeness 
is a narrative that we need to be engaging our culture and our, na- and our neighbors with today. And so we start to see that the hand of the Lord, for those who don't know him, it's a heavy hand where God shows his lordship and it leads to their defeat. And in the same way, the hand of the Lord, when we know Jesus Christ, just like the Israelites covered their house with the blood of Christ, that hand isn't a heavy hand that leads to defeat. That hand provides a holy covering that is sufficient and good. My question is, church, Viewers, where are you at in that spectrum? And what are you going to do about it? Because we can read Exodus and we can see the Egyptians' fear. We can see their crying and we can see their mourning. Just like we see today, culture's panic. Or we could focus on the greatest part of chapter 12 and it's this, how the Lord enters crisis how the Lord enters difficult situations and provides his people with his plans and his instructions in a way that his people should follow. Church, are you prepared? Church, are you equipped? Or maybe, here's a greater question, church, do you even care? Because we have a world that needs to hear of hope right now. We have a world that needs to hear the sure foundation, not of a blood of a lamb, but the blood of a savior that has been given to us and to the world around us. Are you gonna take that charge, that commandment, that act of obedience seriously? Or are you gonna cover your threshold of your life and of your home with just toilet paper and hand sanitizer? Will you pray with me? Father God, we come before you right now. We acknowledge that you are Lord and we willfully acknowledge that you are Lord. We are not here to be disobedient and resistant to you or your word and your spirit. Rather, we welcome it. We cherish you, God. We cherish your word and we cherish your spirit. And God, in the midst of uh, uh, Exodus chapter 12, in difficult situations, we see that you gave a path. We see that you gave a plan and you gave instruction. And God, you have given us that here today, even when our culture is freaking out. Lord, you're not panicking. Lord, you are as confident today as you were last week. And that's why we're appealing to you. Holy Spirit, would you meet us? Holy Spirit, calm our anxieties. Holy Spirit, I thank you that, that we're not putting a slaughtered animal over our, our, our door, but God, we praise you that you have given us a blood of a greater lamb named Jesus Christ. And that covering is a holy covering. It is sufficient and it is good. And it's the confidence that we walk in. Lord, we thank you that you offer us a holy covering. We praise you for that holy covering. And Lord, we submit to it joyfully, we pray. In Christ's name, amen.